Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is a sad, rejoiceful, I guess, very bittersweet anniversary for the Pittsburgh Steelers today. And while everybody is sharing their memories of a man gone too soon, I figured I would do the same. What's going on, everybody? I'm Noah Strackbine. Thank you for jumping on to Steelers To Go, your daily to-go cup of Pittsburgh Steelers news and analysis. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today... I'm going to talk about Franco Harris and my story of Franco Harris. And the craziest part is I don't have one. I guess that's not that crazy. I'm 26 years old. I was, you know, 24 years born after the Immaculate Reception. I never got to witness the 70s for a long time in my life. I had no idea if it was Frank O. Harris or Frank O. Harris. But I grew up a Steelers fan. And in my house, my dad was very, very stern on making sure that I understood football history and assuring that if I was really going to love this game the way that I do, that it had to be done right. And I had to understand what legendary figures were in this game and how much they put into this game. You know, he's big on respect, was always big on respect. And I talk about that from time to time. I talked about it yesterday when I addressed Alex Highsmith's Pro Bowl snub. And, you know, I talked about Champ Bailey and how my dad, the only Denver Broncos fan to ever walk through Pennsylvania, made sure that I knew who Champ Bailey was, but he didn't make sure that I knew who Champ Bailey was because he was a good cornerback. He made sure that I knew who Champ Bailey was because Champ Bailey was a legend, and he wanted to assure that I understood that legends get respect in the NFL. And there were a bunch of guys like that. You know, I grew up, and my favorite player was Heinz Ward, and that was because nobody was respected in Pittsburgh like Heinz Ward. Nobody. And my dad made sure about that. And and he taught me the different ways of different people along the same route of, you know, he'd always say things like if a team was lined up at the goal line and if you go for two, you win, you kick a field goal, you tie and go to overtime. He would always say, you want to know who go for two right now? Mike Tomlin. You want to know who go for two right now? Bill Cowher. 
He always made sure that I understood that there were greats in this league. There were greats in Pittsburgh if I was going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, even if he wasn't a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and that I knew how to properly respect them. And I have carried that with me through my entire career. And my career is pretty short. You know, I've only been here four years in this industry for, you know, I would say a while, but I've only been in the Steelers locker room for four years. And I've made sure that in those four years, I have talked to as many legends as I could possibly talk to and meet as many icons as I could possibly meet and make sure that I shook the hands of men that people before me looked up to that I have heard of and have studied and have grown to admire. And Franco Harris was pretty high up on that list and always was. I was talking to Jim Wexel the other day and we were talking about Franco Harris and he was asking, cause I said, I was like, dude, I got nothing to write anymore. Like the season is getting boring. The Steelers are, you know, teetering on a playoff hope, but not really. Kenny Pickett looks good, but at this point, we see what we got in Kenny Pickett, and it's more about how big of a jump can you make next season. George Pickens is a monster. The defense has holes to fill, and you know Najee Harris is what we thought Najee Harris was going to be at the beginning of the season. It just took a while, and the questions about Matt Canada can't be answered right now, so we don't really have anything that we could dive into, and I was telling him this, and he said, well, you, you don't have a Franco story to write, and I said, I know. I, I don't have a Franco story to write. Everybody else can sit down and, you know, mindfully craft an experience or a timeline of Franco and all the great things that they grew up with. And I remember being in the stands at the Immaculate Reception and all this stuff. And I was just sitting here and, you know, I knew Franco. I've met Franco a handful of times. But I didn't grow up in the 70s. I had no idea what the Immaculate Reception was until I was, you know, 10 years old. And even at that time, I was like, oh, very cool. But I didn't understand the impact of it. I just thought it was an amazing play in Steelers history. But did I realize that there was a statue in Pittsburgh? No, not until I got here. Did I realize who Frank O'Harris was as a person? No, not until I got here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Which is where this is going to go, which is where my story of Franco Harris is and starts. It didn't start when I was 10 years old learning about the Immaculate Reception and the Steelers of the 70s and the steel curtain and all that. No, my Franco Harris story starts the first time I ever met the man, shook his hand. We were at UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And, you know, I introduced myself as I do to any great that walks through that door. I assure myself that I make sure to shake their hand and say, hey, I'm Noah Strackbine. You know, it's a, a pleasure to meet you or an honor to meet you. You know, I've I've looked up to you my whole life. I remember hearing about this from my dad, I always make sure that they understand that my dad did his part in teaching me the game of football. And Franco was one that you always remembered. And you always remembered Franco because you always felt like he cared, man. Always. 
The crazy thing about Franco Harris is that everything everybody says about him is true. That everything that he did, he did with a full heart. And he did it always. I was there when he, you know, teared up when they announced that his jersey was going to be retired. I was there at the opening of the Hall of Honor Museum when he talked for 10 minutes and my phone was shaking because I was trying to record the whole thing. And he spoke for so long that I'm pretty sure I gained a new tricep muscle. That's how long you had to hold your phone up. But the thing is, is that you listen back to that. And I do listen back to that. And I just listened back to that yesterday. That dude had so much passion, man. That dude had so much love for the game of football and for the city of Pittsburgh and for the Steelers, for this organization, for the people in it. That's the craziest part. It's not just, I love being a Steeler. He was a true-blooded, I love Art Rooney. I love the players. I love the new guys. I love the old guys. I love my old teammates. I love the equipment men. I love the people at the front desk. I make sure that I thank the guys cooking the food in the cafeteria. That's who Frank O'Harris was. And you felt that. You know, I was talking to Teresa Varley yesterday, and, you know, she was telling me how emotional she's been because her and Franco have known each other for a long time and they've been close. And that was the 10th story that I've heard in 24 hours of people acknowledging who Franco was and being that upset. And it's, you know, a little bummy that I don't have a real story. And I don't want to make this about me, and I am making it about me, which stinks. Don't want to do that. But I wish I did have a real story. I wish I had a time or a moment when me and Franco sat down and had a long conversation and discussed life. And, you know, he told me this or he told me that, but I don't have any of those. I have the four or five times that I talked to him about football. I have the four or five times where he asked me how I was and how I was adjusting to the city and where I was from. And then, you know, he he laughed because he recognized instantly that Scranton is where the office is. And that's what I remember, you know, him getting a kick out of me saying Michael Scott is my uncle. But not many people do that, you know, like you meet a lot of people in this industry, a lot of legends who shake your hand and say, oh, very cool. You know, I'm glad that your dad taught you who I was and then walk away and you're like, you don't know who I am. And I don't think Franco knew who I was the second or the third or the fourth time that I met him either because he meets a hundred people and he's got no idea who this kid from Scranton is. And that's fine. I didn't expect him to like, that's my standard. My standard is these people are a trillion times above me right now. They got their own lives to worry about. I'm not going to take it personally when they don't remember who I am. But every time that I did meet him, he took it very, very personal to assure that I felt that he cared and everybody else kind of felt the same way. And the fact that this man does not get to celebrate with us that the greatest play in Steelers history, the first playoff win in Steelers history, the Jersey retirement that should have happened a while ago, something that he was so excited for. So excited for the fact that that does not get to happen. It stinks and it's super sad. And I'm not going to curse, but you know, there's a word that uh, I would like to use that I think perfectly describes the situation. 
But I think Franco would have told us and would have told everybody, hey, man, it's okay. It's all right. That's okay. That's life. Life isn't always fair, but it's about working through it. And I think the Steelers are going to do more now to honor him than they ever could because I think that that emotion is so raw that they are going to fight tooth and nail on Saturday and know that it's for Franco. Because these guys in the locker room have no idea what the Steelers of the 70s were, and most of them didn't grow up Steelers fans, so they don't even have the dad that sat down and assured that they knew what was going on like I did. These guys are just great football players who found their way to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Franco made sure that when he left, they wanted to take his memory so seriously because of the person that he was. That's beautiful. That's a perfect representation of who Franco Harris is. And it's, again, so sad that we have to do this in memory of Franco Harris. But nobody's lying when they tell you that Franco would be the first person to put his arm around you and assure that you're okay in this moment. Because Franco Harris, man, he was one of a kind. And I really wish that I had my own Franco Harris story. But I'm so thankful to be around people who get to share theirs with me.